With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
Uh, good afternoon. Welcome to Prayer International Radio. This is our Tuesday night broadcast. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. If through the course of the next two hours you need prayer for absolutely anything or just have something on your heart you want to share or talk about, um, feel free to give us a call. That's 619-638-8458. I am your co-host, Sean Holmberg. Um, I host this broadcast along with Christopher Herzog, who will be um, joining us in the second hour. And we're pretty much here to seek the Father, um, to study the scriptures and to worship Jesus most of all. So we'll begin in prayer. Um, Father, we come boldly to your throne of grace. Lord, Holy Spirit, give us wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Father, give us revelation, Father. Open the eyes of our hearts, Father, that we can know what is the hope of your calling. Holy Spirit, we give you complete control over the next two hours, this broadcast, Father, asking that you would have your way and that you would be glorified through your Son, Jesus Christ, in this broadcast. Father, we ask for signs and wonders during this broadcast, Father, not to glorify man, but to glorify you and to glorify your word, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, I'm not even sure exactly where to begin tonight. Um, you know what? We're going to start on a side note um, about hearing the voice of God. Um, and you know, something that a lot of people don't understand, um, whether it's non-believers or even some believers, is that not every thought that you hear in your head is yours. Um, sometimes it's your thoughts, and at the same time, sometimes it's the enemy trying to tempt you um, or to persuade you something or to discourage you. And then there's the thoughts that you think in your head that actually come from the Father. And, you know, it's only through spending time in his word and spending time in the presence of God that you learn to discern between those voices and to discern the voice that's his as opposed to your own voice. Because um, we go about our life um, most days and we always hear thoughts in our head. And sometimes we, we think of them so quickly that we don't actually stop to understand where those thoughts come from. And a lot of people, including Christians, get into the habit of every thought they think they assume is their own. And so they believe it as being what they really think. But that's not always the case. Um, you know, one reason we need to know the Bible 
and we need to spend time in the presence of the Father. It's that we know his character and we know his personality. Because so because you know the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday and today yesterday, today and forever, and it says that he, he changes not. Which means the same character that God had two thousand years ago or four thousand years ago is the same character he has today, which is the same character he's gonna have two thousand years from now if for any reason the earth is still here. If he hasn't come be- come back before then, and so an example is, um, if you hear a thought in your head, for example, you're driving on the road and you just have this like urge to stop and give someone money or to help someone. Well, more than likely, it's not going to be the enemy because the enemy only comes to still kill and destroy. But as Jesus said, He has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And you know, one of the characteristics of God is that he's a giver. It says that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so when we become born again and we become translated into the kingdom of God, we begin this process of God shaping us and transforming us into the image of his son. Um, like it says in Second Corinthians, we behold as in the mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. And so we start picking up his character when we like him and we become givers. Um, we start having compassion and patience, things that you just normally wouldn't have. And those are things that, like we spoke about last night, that the Holy Spirit starts developing in, in us. And at the same time, we um, also can hear the voice of the enemy. And the enemy will say something like, you can never do this, or you're, uh, you're, not, wor- or you're not worthy to be in the presence of God. Something that would be completely contradict the word of God. And you know, sometimes we'll take the scriptures and twist them, which is why we need to adamantly know the scriptures. Um, because you know, the enemy does know the scriptures. I mean, perhaps better than most of us. I mean, he's been around since the beginning. Um, and Jesus said, he is the father of lies. Um, and the truth isn't in him. And you know, he throughout the Bible, the enemy has never actually displayed any physical power outside of his ability to persuade and deceive and manipulate the world. And, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about the people who are blinded, whose whose eyes have been blinded by the gods of this age. And, you know, when Jesus was up on, um, when Jesus was um, being tempted by Satan for 40 days, or when he had been fasted for four, he was fasting for forty days, and the enemy came to tempt him. Um, he made a, some really bold proclamations, like he said. Um, he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the earth, and he said, "If you will just bow down and worship me, I'll give you all this." And what you'll notice is Jesus doesn't deny it and say, "You don't. You, it's not yours. You can't give it to me, or it doesn't belong to you, or you don't have the power to." Jesus just said, um, "You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve." Um, and something important about that is the fact that Jesus didn't deny that the enemy had authority at the time and that the world was fallen from the Lord and in darkness and without the righteousness that only comes through Jesus Christ. Um, when Jesus um, died and was resurrected, um, it says that he took the, the um, keys of death, hell, and the grave and he took the authority back from the enemy. And so we need to understand the thoughts that we think um, and know what the Father says about us. 
Um, and to only repeat those things which speak the character in the words of the Father. Um, you should like you should never say I'm sick, um, or that you won't, or like say something like I'll never be able to pay this bill, or we'll never have this, or we'll never be able to do that, because you know, you know the Father said. Um, they should swear neither by heaven or earth. Well, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And it says don't boast about tomorrow because you don't know what will happen tomorrow. And um, But we need to be speaking the positive confessions over our life, which is where, like where the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Or if you go all the way back to Deuteronomy where it says that we are the head and not the tail, we are above and not beneath. Um, or where it says that the blessings of God will overtake you. Or like it says in the first chapter of Joshua where he's talking to Joshua and he said, um, I'm, he said, um, do not be afraid nor be, nor be dismayed for I'm with you wherever you go. It says, um, only be strong and, and, and very courageous. And... Um, and I bring that up because, you know, a lot of people get worried or they, out of habit, they end up agreeing with the things of the enemy and proclaiming with their own tongues the things that the enemy would have us believe. Um, and I've had many situations like this um, where people who've been sick and they're constantly speaking over themselves a negative confession um, when, when when we should be agreeing not with what we see with our own eyes or what we hear with our ears or what we can see with our what we can understand with our senses, because you know our senses only go so far. But there's an entire spiritual realm, and then there's also the Word of God, which takes precedence and priority and has authority over the things of this world. You know, it says that God um, created everything out of nothing. Um, which goes completely against science, but that's what he did because it wasn't that he goes against science. It was the fact that he, whenever God interacts, he interacts with the law that's higher than the laws that we already currently know about. You know, someone once said that the Bible and science go hand in hand. The only problem is that science is not, under, is, not old, is not old enough to understand the Bible yet or to catch up to what the Bible has already declared to be true. Um, and so... We need to start getting in a habit, all of us, of speaking the Word of God over our lives and declaring over our lives what the Word of God says about us. And not only about us, but us, us, but also our friends and our relatives and the people we work with and the people that we come in contact with and speaking positive things over their lives. Um, because, you know, as, as it says in James, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that with the same time we shouldn't be blessing and cursing people. Um, which brings up a really interesting story. Um, one of those weird stories I tell. Um, but so there's this guy. Um, and um, in his neighborhood, they some guy had opened up a strip club. And he, this Christian was completely offended by it, completely disgusted by it. Um, didn't want to have it anywhere near and he started praying that the Lord would like burn it to the ground or just have it shut down or something. And you know, weeks went by, and then a few months went by, and nothing had happened. And the guy started to get very um, discouraged in his spirit and started to doubt a lot because he kept. I mean, he knew what the Bible, what the Bible says about asking of God, and that 
if we ask anything according to his will, he'll do it. Um, and he knew that um, Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and it would. Um, and finally, he, he broke down and he started talking to the Lord, and he's like, Lord, why is it that I've been praying fervently? And you know, the Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And he said, you know, I keep praying and I keep praying and nothing happens. This place is still there. What Am I praying wrong? Um, am I missing something? And what God said to him is said, you know, what you need to be doing is not praying for his destruction, but praying for his blessing and praying that the Lord blesses him. Because, you know, the Bible says that God causes the rainfall on the just and the unjust. And so the man started immediately started, he changed his heart, and he started just asking that the Lord would touch his heart, this guy's heart, who ran the strip club, and that the Lord would start blessing him and blessing his family. Well, not, from what I remember the story, only like a week or two goes by, and this guy all of a sudden makes a lot of money in some other investment, like a huge blessing, and he makes so much money, he just retires, closes down all his all his um, businesses, and within a couple of weeks, the strip club's closed down. And because this guy who ran it just got so blessed by other finances that he didn't need to run the company, this like club anymore, so he just got rid of it. And, you know, some people may call that a coincidence, but what other people would call it is that is God proving that, you know, the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And one reason we need to be spending time with him and in, and in his word is that so that we get his perspective on things. And we realize that, you know, we have this entire picture that we see of our lives. And we have all these interactions that we go through and all these schedules that we have to keep. But in God's eyes, there's a lot more that goes on than what we actually see. Um, to give you an example, um, you go into the grocery store, and or you're, actually, we'll do it this way. Say you're driving home from work one day, and um, you're going through traffic. You're trying to make it home to watch whatever is going on, pick your kids up from school, um, just whatever. Um, and all of a sudden, you have this this urging and desire that you want to get a Dr. Pepper or a Coke or whatever it is. And so you pull over to a gas station. And in this gas station, there happens to be someone who is at the register and is like a couple of cents short of, or a couple of dollars short of their purchase. And so you, out of the goodness of your heart, just because your very nature is becoming the nature of the father, decide to bless this person and help pay for whatever it is they were getting. Um, this person who you help becomes completely blessed. You end up talking and through the whole process, they get saved. Now, this is all a hypothetical, but um, let's, but it's a, it's honestly a very real situation that can happen, and it does happen to many of us, not in the exact same way, but similarly. And but so think about it this way, okay? You're driving along, minding your own business, doing whatever. Your mind's completely full of whatever, and all of a sudden, you hear this urging that you need a Dr. Pepper. Well, how do you really know it was you that wanted Dr. Pepper, and how do you know it wasn't just a father implanting that little thought in your head just to, like, sort of guide you in the right direction? And so you stop and get a Dr. Pepper, and, well, and then so on and so on, and person ends up getting saved. And not only them, but they go back, and their whole household gets saved, and then their their friends, and then 
one of their children becomes a missionary later on and goes to Africa or somewhere and starts winning hundreds of people to the Lord. And that may seem like a far stretch, but if you think about it, you know, Billy Graham, who is like this famous evangelist, um, was just one man. And, you know, there was one person who introduced this guy to Billy Graham to the Lord. But, you know, there's probably almost nobody who remembers that guy's name who led Billy Graham to the Lord. But Billy Graham has this, like, amazing ministry through his Internet and television and radio ministries. He's, I mean, possibly millions of people to the Lord. But the fruit of it is not just belong to Billy Graham, but it also belongs to that person who led Billy Graham to the Lord. Because, you know, the Bible says that some some will sow a seed and then some will water it and some will, I mean, some, some sow um, some water and some will later on will harvest. So just because you're not the person harvesting the seed doesn't mean that you don't have part of the reward for the production of the seed and for, for the production of the fruit. And so, you know, the Lord orchestrates things in our lives and he gives us opportunity. You know, it says in Ephesians, in the second chapter of Ephesians, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, if you think back to the Garden of Eden, um, God created Adam and Eve, gave them, told them they had dominion over everything, um, had this amazing, like, lush, tropical garden. Um, they could eat anything they wanted. They could do pretty much whatever they wanted in the garden, walk around, do this, do that, didn't really have much to do. Um, all they said was, don't eat this one tree. Well, if you think about it, everything in the garden was done. All they had to do was walk and run and enjoy being in the garden and enjoy being in the presence of the, of the Father. And, you know, in our own lives, it's so, sort of the same way is that, you know, the Lord gives us opportunities where he wants not only to use us, but to partner with us to accomplish something for his own purposes and for his will. And so he will lead us and guide us in different directions so that we can become a blessing to someone. And it's not that we're anything special, any of us, but the fact that um, we all have the same anointing of the Holy Spirit and that the Lord likes to partner with us and to have a covenant with us and a relationship with us um, to do things together. And so we need to be spending as much time as possible with him and as much time in in his word as possible so that we're always aware and can discern the thoughts that come from him and the thoughts that don't. Um, you know, someone told me something once. He said that this, the, the gift of discernment is not the gift of guessing. It's the gift of knowing. It's actually knowing what you believe and not just guessing what you believe. Um, and, and there's a big difference. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people have heard the Bible, um, but there's not a lot of people who believe the Bible and know the Bible to be true. There's people who can quote scriptures and entire books of the Bible, but that doesn't mean they really, in their heart, that they believe exactly what the Word says and 
not only that, that they have actually taken that word and established it in their heart and let that, that word take root and grow and um, bring forth fruit in their lives. Because, you know, the fruit in our lives that comes from the word is a renewed mind and is a changed lifestyle. You know, Paul said, um, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he's a new cre creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. And Paul said that we should cast off the works of darkness and that we should walk in the newness of life. You know, it says in Romans chapter 8, um, for there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the life of the Spirit, for the the life of the Spirit in Christ Jesus um, has set me free from the law of sin and death. And so it's really important for us to be established in his word and to be established in our relationship with him um, so that when the enemy comes to tempt us or when at the same time when God wants to present us with an opportunity to be a blessing to someone, that we're able to discern the difference. Um, between the two voices and we're able to be obedient to God and then at the same time to resist the enemy. So um, we're going to, what time is it now? It's, um, it's already been almost 30 minutes. Well, it's time to go in by quick tonight. Um, our call in number tonight um, is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for absolutely anything, um, Give us a call. And so I'm going to read a little bit. Of the, I mean, I don't know how much of this chapter I'm going to get through, but this is Second um, Peter. Um, and I'll just start at the beginning, and we'll work our way through and see what happens. Um, but it says, um, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have, have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God, and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, as his divine power has given, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And you know, there's a lot in that one phrase there as he has, as his divine power, it's all because of him, not because of us, has given to us, um, which means it's already a done deal, it's already set in stone, he's already done the work, all we have to do is receive it and walk in it, um, has given us, to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, which means everything that we possibly need, all the provision is already there. Sometimes it's just a matter of knowing where to look for it. You know, you can have all the food in, in, in your house that you could ever eat, but if you don't know exactly what to go look for, you'll never find it. Um, and it says, um, through who's given us all things to train the life in God in this, through the knowledge of him. You know, the only way we're going to understand and comprehend the things that have been freely given to us by the Father is to spend time with him and to know what his word declares about our lives. Um, you know, the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge because if we don't have knowledge of the things of God, we're going to believe anything that comes along. People will always be coming along. And, you know, um, in the last 20, however many years, there's all been all sorts of crazy doctrines that have come out and new, I guess, what people claim are new revelations about 
this or that. And, you know, the only revelation that matters is the revelation of Jesus Christ being the crucified Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world and was born of a virgin, sacrificed himself, and became the sacrifice for the sins of all men and then died and was resurrected from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of God. In the end, that's the only revelation that really matters. But there's always countless new, like, doctrines that come out about this, this, and this. And um, But, you know, it always comes back to, do you know Jesus Christ? And not only do you know who he is, but who is he to you? And what place do you give him in your life? Because, you know, the demons in hell believe in Jesus Christ, and they also know who he is. Because, you know, you'll notice that throughout the scriptures... Um, Jesus would be walking around and he wouldn't always, he was rarely ever confrontational as far as just running up to a person who was demon possessed. But people would always bring the sick with them or someone who was demon possessed, they would bring up to Jesus. But a lot of times you'll notice that the demons themselves would be, would be manifesting out of people and run up to Jesus to declare that he was the son of God. Um, you know, Jesus said if, that he could have the rocks could cry out um, and and praise him. And, you know, if we're not going to praise him, it's fine because, you know, even the demons in hell know their place and even they recognize and understand. And it's not that they're guessing. They never guessed. They didn't walk up and say, Gee, uh, are you Jesus? Are you the son of God? No, they knew. In their spirit, they were they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. They knew. Um, by, I mean, whether it was by revelation or just by understanding, they knew that Jesus was the Son of God. So the demons in hell are proclaiming Jesus as the Son of God on, into the earth, um, which probably completely pissed Satan off at the time. Because, I mean, they're doing what he doesn't want to happen. Um, but they didn't have a choice because the Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, and, you know, everybody is everybody. everybody. I mean, the Bible declares that he gave him the name that is above every name and that, that the Father put all things under Jesus' feet. And, you know, whether it's now or whether it's on the day of judgment, all the knees are going to bow, mine, yours, um, every demon in hell, every angel, every created thing is going to bow at the name of Jesus. Um so back to Peter, it says, um, by which have been given to us. Another one of the things of God freely giving to us has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Once again, if we don't know the promises of God, how are we ever going to walk in them? How are we going to ever have faith and confidence in what the Father said about our lives? And how will we ever know our place in this life, if we don't first start with the person who created all things, you know, we say the scripture and over and over again, but in Jeremiah chapter one, um, he was speaking about Jeremiah and he said, you know, before Jeremiah, before you, I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. You know, God was declaring that, you know, before 
you had a chance to breathe your first breath of air, I had already declared a plan and a purpose over your life. And I already saw a plan and purpose for your life and an end result. And I already spoke a positive word over your life and declared that you had a meaning and you had a purpose. And the same for all of us. And throughout the scripture, there's great and precious promises that the Father has laid down. Um, some of them, are, we just have because they're a promise of God, like where he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then there's other ones that are contingent upon us being obedient. And I'm not saying being obedient that we have to be perfect, because none of us are. Because the, even um, John said in First John, he says, if anyone says they do not sin, they're a liar, and the truth isn't in them. But if anyone sins, we have an advocate, which is Jesus Christ the righteous. But what I mean by obedience is that, you know, when the Father leads us in a certain direction at certain times, um, a lot of times he leads us in a direction so in order that his blessing can come to us. Because, you know what, what if the Lord wanted to bless you with a new car? But the person who he was going to use to deliver this new car to you happened to live on the other side of the town. And you kept, and the Father kept urging you that you needed to go somewhere to this other side of town, and you're like, okay, God, I don't really feel like it. I don't want to go over there. I have no reason to go over there, blah, blah, blah. It's too cold outside. It's too wet. It's too early, too late, whatever. And all it, all it took was you, if you were just obedient, you would find out that your blessing is swaying on the other side of your obedience to the word of God. And, you know, you'll find that out a lot in your Christian lives, that there is a blessing and there is a ward that is waiting on the other side of your next act of obedience. You know, sometimes people wonder why they don't see a change in their Christian life or they're expecting to get to a certain place with their relationship with the Father, but they haven't got there yet. And, you know, sometimes we have to stop and we have to look back into our own hearts and search our own hearts. Like the psalm says, search me, O God. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me into the way after everlasting. You know, sometimes we have to search our own selves and find if there's any place in our heart that we have let come and create a barrier between us and the Father. Or maybe there's something that the Lord told you to do beforehand and you never did it. And you're wondering why something's not happening the way you expected it to. But maybe it's because that, that that blessing or that abundance or that promise that you're expecting from the Father is waiting on the other side of your next act, uh, your next act of obedience to the Father. Or once we become obedient to the place uh, to do what the Father has told us to do, then that way that puts us in the position to be able to receive the blessing of the Father. You know, the Father promised to um, Abraham. He said that he said. Um, to leave his, to leave the place where he was and to go out and he said I will um and I will take you to the place and uh, this promised land and he told the children of Israel there's a promised land a land flowing with milk and honey and he gave them these great and precious promises but you know if they would have just sat there in Egypt or just sat in the desert they would have never received them even though the promise was there if they wouldn't have acted on acted by their faith and like we, we say a lot, to let their action line up with their what they claim their faith is, if they wouldn't have acted upon their faith in the word of God and actually been obedient to go when God said to go, they would have never actually reached the promised land. And you know, some of them didn't. And it wasn't because they weren't chosen. It's because of their unbelief that they died in the wilderness. Because they weren't willing just to trust God and be obedient. And all God was wanting to do was not command them to be obedient just for the sake of it, but because God wanted them to be in the land flowing with milk and honey. 
And, you know, our lives are the same way. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us. And all we need to do is be obedient and walk in the blessings of the Father and walk in obedience to him. So it says that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You know, sometimes the things of this world can actually blind us to the things of God. Um, you know, we have to be careful, and I'm going to try to attempt to be careful on what I'm about to say, because I don't want you to take anything I say in the wrong way. But, you know, Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And he talked about how not letting our liberty um, cause another brother to stumble. And so I'm going to give you my take on that, which is this. In reality, there are some people who can listen to certain music, and some people can't. Um, because, you know, Jesus um, Jesus said that he did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. And that he was, to, in some ways, he was the fulfillment of the law. And he took the law... And he didn't necessarily do away with the law. What he did was modify it, transform it, and, re and reveal it in its true form of what it really is. Um, he said to love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and body, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and if you, do every, if you will go about your life with those two things in mind, and every action that you do is it, with observant to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and body, and to love your neighbor as yourself, it's literally impossible to sin. But on top of that, we have the law of the Spirit, which is the obedience that doesn't come from following the strict letter of the law, but, but with our relationship with the Father and with the relationship with the Holy Spirit of being obedient to him, um, because through our obedience, we receive blessing and receive rewards, and we and God gets the ability to use us because God wants to use us, but if we're not willing to let him number one wash our feet like what the Jesus did with the disciples, you know Jesus wanted to wash the feet of the disciples, and Peter's like, "Well, Lord, you'll never wash my feet, and you know. Jesus is like, if, you, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. And so Peter had to stop and he had to learn obedience and he had to learn that, you know, sometimes we have to let the Lord do things in our lives so that we are in a place to either receive some kind of revelation or that we're in a place to receive some kind of blessing. And so, um, but here's the thing. Um, we have to be careful with what we expose ourselves to. Now, I'm not saying you can't go to the movies or you can't um, listen to whatever music. I'm saying you need to judge for yourself and judge your own relationship with the Father. It says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, and to we need to understand in our own relationship with the Lord what's acceptable and what's permissible between us and the Lord. You know, I know I was talking to Chris earlier today, and we were talking about how, you know, there are some music, there's some music out there that's not even sung by Christian artists that um, the writer had no intention of or thinking, wasn't even thinking about God when he wrote the song, but I will listen to some of this music and all I can do in my mind is think of God. The minute the song plays, automatically, even 
to the point where even when some of the, I've heard these songs so many times that even when the notes start playing to the song, I recognize the song, and all of a sudden my, my heart is turned toward the Lord because for some reason the song reminds me of him. But, you know, other people, there are other people who listen to this, some of the same songs, and they won't that won't happen to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and if they listen to that, it'll take their heart or their mind or their emotions into a place they don't need it to be. Um, and so, you know, not everything is the same for everybody who's a Christian. And at the same time, we need to realize that we need to guard our own well. Um, you know, Jesus said that um, if we would ask him, he would give us living water. Um, and, you know, we literally become, the Bible says that we should um, present our bodies as living sacrifices to God and that we are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And and the knowledge of realizing that, if you actually believe it and not just hear it, if you actually believe it, you realize that we are holy temples and holy vessels for the Spirit of the living God to actually dwell in. And we need to conduct ourselves with that in, in, in our knowledge and with that with that revelation of knowing that anything we put inside of ourselves, we are doing when we are actually the presence, we are actually um, vessels for the presence of, the, of God. Um, you know, it's hard to sin deliberately when you realize that you're a vessel that was sanctified and set apart for God through Jesus Christ. Um, and he says in verse 5, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control patience, and to patience godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. You know, that's a, a very strong statement because um, it seems a lot of people, including ourselves, including me, including Chris, there's times we walk around um, and we start acting like our, old, like our old self or that old man starts bringing his head back up and we start acting in the old manner that of which we used, we were delivered from. Um, and we start acting more and more like the world and becoming more and more like the world. Um, and we forget that we were cleansed from our old sins and we forget that we were delivered from the old ways of thinking and the old ways of acting. And it says in verse 10, Therefore, brethren, even more, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the truth. You know, it is our job, one of our jobs and a privilege to always, you know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. It's always our job to remind each other of the blessings of God and to remind each other of the good things of God and to bless other people and to speak blessings on other people. You know, I had an opportunity um, about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, actually, it's been almost two years now since I've been married. Um, my wife, when we met, had three children, uh, 12, I guess now they're 15, uh, 
12 and 10. And um, so when we got when we um, got married, um, um, we had the opportunity to actually sit down and talk about how we wanted to raise these children together as opposed to her raising them as a single mother. And one of the things that we had determined is we wanted to, to definitely teach them about the presence of God and to teach them about prayer. And one opportunity I had was to actually go over them one by one and to actually speak a blessing into their life and to declare the word of God over their life. And um, even I even wrote it out for him, um, sort of like what happened with Jacob and when his father actually had to speak over him a blessing and an inheritance over his life. And, you know, we can do that not only with our children, but we can do that with each other. We can do that with our friends and our family. We can actually declare over them and speak a blessing over them. And, you know, our words are powerful, living and powerful and sharper than, two, than any two-edged sword. Um, because if we declare the word of God, we literally take the transforming creation power of the Father and we not through our own power but what happens is we come into agreement with the Father and we take his words and declare them out into this world and then it's just a matter of watching him back up his word you know we have the ability that when we devour this word and we let it become alive into us and give us revelation then we turn around and just speak out that word, living and powerful, like it says, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And, you know, death and the life are in the power of the tongue. So if you want to, you can bless every single person around you and declare the things of God over their lives and then turn around and watch those things that you have declared over their lives happen. Um. And, you know, Paul always did that. If you actually notice, almost every one of his of the letters he written, he always started off with a bless in some ways with a blessing to the people he was writing the letter to. Um, and it says, though you know and are established in the present truth, yes, I think it is right as long as I am in this tent to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent just as my Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And, you know, even though we who are still here um, have not physically with our own eyes seen the Lord Jesus, we have seen the effect of his hand in our lives and we've seen you know jesus said if you don't believe me for the words i say believe me for the for the words that i have performed for their the works that you declare who i am and you know the very work and revelation and the very transformation that has happened in our own lives is actually a it's almost like a handprint of the father upon our lives and so we in the same ways have in the same way have become eyewitnesses of his glory and of his majesty just by our own testimony, which we have through our relationship with him. And it says, For he received from God the, the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, whom in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. 
And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Which pretty much means that, you know, the entire Scripture from beginning to end wasn't because Peter or Paul or Daniel or Ezekiel decided to sit down and try to come up with some really good words to write down. It was because they were literally moved by the Holy Spirit, and they let the Holy Spirit... Um, write down his words through them while they were writing, um, which is even more reason to give heed to the word of God and have it. You know, someone told me once that there has to be a balance in our lives as Christians and that we need to have a relationship with the Father, but we also need to have a relationship with his word. Because if we have a relationship with just his word, but not a relationship with him personally, and we don't spend time with him personally, then it just becomes um, words, to, and then it comes words, and there's no actual relationship to give us revelation into the words we're actually um, reading. But if you have just the relationship and have no, and you don't have the word of God and a relationship with the word of God, then there's no stability and there's no foundation and you're not grounded on, the, you don't have the word of God to be grounded upon. And so there has to be a balance between the time we spend in his presence and also the time we spend in his, with his word. Because, you know, the Bible says in the beginning was the word, which was Jesus. And the word was with God, and the word was God. And every word that's spoken in the Bible from beginning to end declares in some way, um, whether um, directly or indirectly, is or is pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word should reveal him to us, and the word should point us in to the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, this is for International Radio. Um, our call-in number, if you need prayer for anything, is 619-638-8458. Um, we are going to take a quick break, and then we will be back in just a few minutes with Christopher Herzog.
Uh, praise God, we're back, and this is Chris Herzog, and this is Prayer International Radio, Face to Face with God. And just so thankful to be working with Sean Holmberg, uh, your brother in the Lord. And, you know, he just kind of puts it out there and tells it like it is sometimes. So we're just glad to be around somebody that speaks truth, you know. It's good to hear the truth of the word. And, you know, it's just good to be genuine and down-to-earth sometimes about things. So we're just thankful for that. Praise God. Uh, as usual, you can always call in at 619-638-8458. We're at prayerinternational at gmail.com. That's the web uh, the email address. And then the website is www.prayerinternational.org. You can always reach us, you know, by our 1-800 number. Actually, that's 24-7, so if you miss the broadcast or, you know, maybe you need prayer, um, you can call us at 1-800-701-2785. And if for some reason we're caught up praying for people or the lines are busy, uh, there is a voicemail. You can always leave your information and somebody will call back and pray. Praise God. Well, just want to thank our Facebook family and our Blog Talk Radio family. Looks like we got Brother Down Under and Joe for all in the service in the uh, chat room, prayer room. A couple guests in there, and we're just thankful for your faithfulness. And uh, we know that we are making an impact uh, around the nation and around the world uh, with the website and just, just meeting different people and finding out what God is doing. And we're thankful. You know, we know it's not us. We know it's the Lord. You know, we just want to make a platform available, just, you know, use whatever instruments or tools the Lord gives us for God's glory, for his good pleasure, and to reach the nations and to touch people with the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, declaring that he is alive and he is moving by the power of his Holy Spirit. He's alive today. He's alive today. You know, he's not some God that's nailed to a cross. He's not some baby in the arms of a virgin Madonna Mary uh, sitting in a manger. But praise God, our God is alive. He's a living God moving by the power of his Holy Spirit. And he is pouring out his Spirit upon all flesh just like his word declares. And thank God that all who are thirsty, all who are hungry, all who are yielded and open and looking, asking, seeking, knocking, God promises that if you call unto him, he'll answer you. He'll show you great and mighty things that you do not know. All you've got to do is ask. All you've got to do is call. All you've got to do is reach out to him. And you know, we want to be your prayer support and your prayer family. If you need people to intercede, stand in the gap and believe for your family, believe for your ministry, believe for your church, maybe you're going through a trial, a test, a circumstance, something, and you just want somebody to agree with you in prayer, well, we want to make ourselves available via the radio, via the Internet, uh, the website, whatever we have going on. You know, we want to be here for you. So, look, if you need anything, feel free to call. Feel free to 
email. Feel free to get on the, you know, chat. Whatever we have going on, touch bases. We're on blogger.com, MySpace, Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. We've got many different media streams for you to reach us. And we're trying to reach out to you. So just know somebody's praying for you 24-7. There's somebody praying. Uh, at some point in the day, we take these prayer requests and listen to the Lord day or night. It just depends on when. But they are lifted up to the Lord. My wife and I and different people pray as the Lord leads and as the requests come in. So praise God. So just know that. Well, let me just bless you guys right now and just think of blessing. You know, there's power and agreement. So the Bible says that the worlds are framed by our words and you know, when we speak, we have the power of life and death in our tongues. We can either speak blessings, which promote people into success and godliness, which promote people into kingdom success, blessing. When you bless, it actually means to be endued with power for success. And when you curse, okay, it's usually a uh, negative connotation. Of things bringing death, things stifling or bringing a stop to, or even reversing a process at times. All right, so we want to bless. We want to promote godliness. We want to promote righteousness, promote Jesus Christ, and promote the kingdom of God going forward in the earth and the plans of God moving forward in the earth. And that's what we want to be about here. And so we want to speak blessing in your lives. Praise God. Well, glory to God. God is good. Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. Thought I lost my uh, chat room there for a minute. All right, well, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up every man, every woman, Lord, every person listening tonight, Father, those that are in the chat room, those that are listening live or archived, Father, and even those that can't even listen, Lord, because they have no way to, we just lift up your people tonight. And Father, we ask, Lord God, your kingdom come and your will be done. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would just speak to the hearts of your people in this pivotal season of our lives. In this pivotal time for the body of Christ and for the people on the earth today, Father, there's a lot of shaking and shifting going on, Father, and we need your direction. We need to hear your voice. We need to know which way you are moving and which way you are leading, Lord. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, be the good shepherd and lead us in paths of righteousness for your namesake. Father, lead us beside the still waters and, and bring rest to our souls. Father, bring healing and refreshing to our bodies, Father, because you said that you would not withhold your benefits, so we should not forget your benefits. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for your benefits, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, and we bless you. All that is within us, we bless your holy name, Lord. We forgive not your benefits. We thank you that you forgive all our iniquities and heal our diseases, that you redeem our lives from destruction and you crown our lives with loving kindness. 
You satisfy our mouths with good things, and you renew our youth like the eagles. Father, we ask that you'd make known your ways to us, Lord, the people that are listening tonight. Make your ways known to them and reveal your yourselves to them in a mighty way. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that you pour out your love, Lord, and just like a father, father pities a father pities his children, Lord. Pity your people, Lord. Have mercy on your people, Father. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you are blessing your people, that you are strengthening your people, and that you are in your people to will to do of your good pleasure, moving by the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Lord. We say you're the only one that's worthy tonight, Jesus. We give you all the praise, Lord. We give you all the praise, Lord. We thank you. You're such a good God.
right. Praise God. Sorry about that. I forgot we had it muted on the switchboard also. I'm used to muting my uh, cell phone. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, we're back. This is Prayer International Radio. And uh, we are back. Okay, you should have sound now. Yeah, all right. Praise the Lord. All right, well, glory to God. This is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and we're going to get into our teaching portion of the show. Just wanted to take some time to worship God and pray and just really put things first. Sometimes you got to put the first things first. And what that means is stop everything and take a praise break. And let me tell you why we do that. Because it corrects your focus. And your focus should be on Jesus. You know, the Bible says to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets you. And that's part of it. Sometimes you got to just lay aside things. you got to put things aside. So we're going to get into 1 Thessalonians 3. Verse 10 through 13. So chapter 3, 10 through 13. And this is a prayer uh, for the release of the grace of God, really to bring the church to maturity, uh, especially where they're lacking, and that they would be mature and abound or just really thrive in love and holiness. Okay, this is that prayer. This is known as an apostolic prayer. There's about 12 or 13 of these throughout uh, what we call the epistles. Uh, there's a few of these in the Gospels. And we're going to get into these because we really want to get you guys in a in a focus and in a prayer mode where the Word of God really opens some things up uh, supernaturally in your life. You know, when you pray the Word, you get Word results. When you declare the Word of God, you get Word of God results. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, share some of these apostolic prayers. All right. First Thessalonians 3, 10 through 13. Praying exceedingly that God will release His Spirit and grace to perfect what is lacking in your faith. And may the Lord make you increase in the bounds in the love one to another and to all, and that he may establish your heart blameless in holiness before God the Father. Now let's break that down for a minute. Think about what he's saying. He's saying, I'm praying exceedingly, I'm praying constantly, that God will release his grace to perfect what is lacking in your faith. You know, whatever you're lacking, God says, if you lack wisdom, ask, and God gives liberally. Well, if you're lacking faith, ask. If you're lacking maturity. And uh, we're in 1 Thessalonians 3, 10 through 13. I'm going to actually go into three scriptures in Thessalonians. The first one's going to be 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, 10 through 13. Um, 
praise the Lord. So he said, look, I'm praying exceedingly that God would release his spirit and grace to perfect what is lacking in your faith. See, God's got to release his Holy Spirit. See, all things are done by and through his spirit. His spirit is in you to will to do his good pleasure. It's not your mind and it's not your power, but it's by his Holy Spirit, says the Lord, right? So you have to have the influence of his spirit. And you have to have the grace of God. See, the grace of God is God's unmerited favor. Even when you don't deserve it. Even when you don't, you know, like I said, even when you don't deserve it, really is the best way to describe it. It's there. It's great. It's mercy. It's, it's God doing something in spite of all the stuff that you've done. Okay, so when you're lacking, whether it's intentional, lacking because of neglect, or whether it's lacking because of ignorance, or whether it's lacking because you're just coming into the things of God and you're still a babe in the things of the Spirit, God says, hey, pray that he would release the Spirit and give you the grace, give you the mercy. He would be the one that helps you perfect what you're lacking. And so we need to begin to ask God, wherever we're lacking, wherever we're missing it, Ask God. See, faith is a fruit of the Spirit. It's also a gift of the Spirit. See, it's it's a gift, but yet it's matured. All right? See, you can have a, a little uh, tomato, what they call a grape or a cherry tomato, or you can have a giant, you know, just a gargantuan Roma tomato or a you know, tomato on the vine tomato. Either way, it's still a tomato, but it starts out as a gift. It starts out as a seed. It's a miracle that the tomato was even birthed in the first place. But there's a definitely a difference one from another. A lot of the way is the way it's crossbred or fed or nourished or grown or or how you nurture it and mature it. Or whatever you do to alter it, even to get it a certain way. All right, so let's keep going. He also prays that the Lord would increase you and abound, that you would in, make you increase and abound in love one to another. So there's a maturity, there's a maturity, especially in the areas of love and holiness. Listen, first we're going to get into the love. The Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all. So not only to the body of Christ, first to God, then to the body. First to God, then to your family, really. Then to the body. Then to the people. But you've got to have a, a right communication with God. You've got to love your neighbor as yourself, you, if you don't have love for yourself, how how are you going to have love for your family or for your neighbor or for your brother and sister in the Lord or your spiritual mother and father or your natural mother and whatever it is? But you've got to have things right with God first. You've got to be rooted and grounded in that love. So you pray, God, and it, see, it's the Holy Spirit that sheds the love abroad in our heart. Once again, it's a gift of the Spirit. The greatest gift is love. It's a gift of the Spirit. 
And you have to ask. God gives gifts to his children. He gives liberally to all. So ask him, Father, help me to perfect what is lacking in my faith. Ask him, Father, help me to increase and abound in love to you and to my family and to the body of Christ and to all. And then the third part of this prayer is that he would establish your heart blameless in holiness. See, that's how you get established in your heart. You get pure in your heart before God, checking your heart with God, making sure he approves of what you're doing or not doing. That's how you get established is by obedience, walking upright. Holiness doesn't necessarily mean doing everything right as much as it means just being set apart unto God, holy and sanctified set apart unto the purposes of God. And yes, with that comes the purity in heart and the purity in action, the purity of motive. See, he says, establish your heart blameless. Blameless means nobody can point a finger at you and point blame. But that's a prayer. That's part of a gift. That's a gift. It's a fruit. It's a, it's, it's a product of the Spirit of God once you've prayed and asked God for it. He says, ask and you shall receive, but you have to ask. So ask God. God, establish my heart blameless. God, help me to be blameless. Help to get me established in my heart, Lord. Help me to be holy. And the the rest of it is that he may establish your heart blameless in holiness before our God and Father. And that's 1 Thessalonians 3. 10 through 13, you should just read it. Read it in the King James or Amplified or whatever version you read. Read it in a couple of different versions so you get a picture. If you don't have it in Greek, if you don't understand how to read it in Greek, click. Read it in a couple of different versions. Check it out. Praise the Lord. God is so good. It really is. Well, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and we're coming up to the 11.30 hour. Uh, we're broadcasting out of Dallas, Texas Central time, so it's 11.30 here. And uh, we're about to post up some information in the chat room. And I think we're going to go into a praise break. And then we're going to get into uh, the next scripture. is going to be Second Thessalonians 3, 1, 2, 5. And I'll go ahead and put that up there uh, in a minute. So we're going to get into some praise. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Call in number 619-638-8458. www.prayerinternational.org. And also, you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. And uh, I'm just getting real picky here. I'm not sure what song I want to go with. (laughs) Glory to God, it's good to have choices.
All right, praise God, we're back. And it's Prayer International Radio, if you're just tuning in, and we're getting into our second out of three uh, Anyways, sorry, just checking out Joe's reply there. Hey, bless you, Joe. Bless your brother down under. Bless you, guest. Hey, uh, we're getting into our second scripture. It's Second Thessalonians 3, uh, verse 1 through 5. I'm going to go ahead and read it out of the New King James, and then we're going to kind of break it down a little bit. And, uh, all right, so here we go. Second Thessalonians 3, 1 through 5. It says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. We have confidence in the Lord touching you. We have confidence, let me say that again, verse 4, we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that you both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Alright, so look. Second Thessalonians three one two five. This is a prayer that the word will increase its influence and effectiveness in the city as God releases its power on it. And listen, we're gonna highlight some of this. Okay. This is a prayer that the word will increase its influence and effectiveness. Okay. In in the city or in any city as God releases his as God releases Holy Spirit power on the word. Alright, so listen. Some versions say this, pray for us, and we're gonna back up Okay, in verse three, verse one or chapter three, verse one it says Brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. This says, pray for the, that the Lord may run swiftly, rapidly, increase its influence. See, we want to pray that it has free course, that it rapidly increases its influence, that it runs swiftly. That's a prayer. And be glorified even as it was with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. So listen to this. When they prayed that the word of the Lord would be glorified just as it is with you, some versions say confirmed with apostolic power. That's glorified, confirmed with apostolic power. Think about it. Just as it was with who? With the apostles and with these churches that were experiencing the Holy Spirit breaking out. That was their prayer. Look, we want the Lord to increase his word and his effectiveness. It would run swiftly and increase its influence and be glorified. Confirmed with apostolic power just as it was with you. Well, how did that happen? With miracles? With power? See, God 
He's not a weak will God. He's not a sissy. He's all-powerful. Mighty. And there's nothing that can stand against the word of the Lord. But we need to realize the Bible says the Lord is faithful. Okay, right here in the same verse. Verse 3, chapter 3, verse 3 of Second Thessalonians. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil and keep you from the evil one. And that's our prayer. Father, help establish us. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you keep us from the evil one. Well, what was Jesus' prayer? Lord, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Same prayer. And then the last part of it, may the Lord, all right, well, verse 4 says, we have confidence in the Lord touching you. See, when you minister the word of God, when you declare the word of the Lord, you need to have confidence that the Lord's going to touch the people. Paul did. Timothy did. Peter did. Jesus did. He had confidence. That when he ministered the word of the Lord, the Lord would touch the people. Listen to this again. Verse 4, and we have confidence in the Lord touching you. Touching you. Read it in the Greek. Some versions say concerning you. Some versions say touching you. That you both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your heart in the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. And see, we need the Lord to direct our hearts in the love of God. We need to pray, Lord, direct our hearts in the love of God. Well, how's he going to do that? By his spirit? See, that's how he's going to direct you, by his spirit. Well, how are you going to know it's the Lord? Because he's going to lead you in peace. And the fruit of it's going to be love. And into the patient waiting for Christ. See, the presence of God brings a peace and a patience over you that you don't get anywhere else. But you've got to pray. You've got to ask for it. How do you wait patiently for Christ? The Bible says, wait on the Lord and he will strengthen you. They that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. Okay, but waiting on the Lord could mean serving. Waiting on the Lord could mean sitting still before him. Waiting on the Lord could be waiting for his answer. Waiting on the Lord could mean a few different things. In this sense, they're waiting on Christ's return. But realize, you need to patiently wait in Christ, on God. Wait on the Holy Spirit to speak. Wait on the Lord to direct your heart. Wait on the Lord to direct you in love. How will you know if it's your assignment or your the thing that God wants you to do because you'll be motivated by love to do it? So that was Second Thessalonians 3. 
verse 1 through 5. Praise Christ. Praise the Lord. And the conclusion of chapter 3 says this. Actually, you know what? I'm going to just read, read the rest of it real quick. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which you've received of us. See, we're not supposed to walk with people that don't line themselves up with this word. Verse 7, for yourselves know how you ought to follow us and we behaved, not disorderly among you, neither did we eat any man's bread for nothing. We robbed labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Think about that. Uh, they burdened and they worked and free of charge. They didn't charge these people for the ministry that they did. They worked and they toiled and they labored for the gospel. Alright, now I'm not condemning or saying anything against people that receive money for the gospel. That's fine. I mean, I work during the day doing computer work. Alright, Sean works during the day doing computer work. Our wives work, okay? But we all minister. We all do things for Christ. My wife does benevolence ministry. All right? We we both do. Our city of refuge. Okay? We go into churches. We we help build a church with our pastor in, in Rockwall, Texas. Pray with different Groups and, and groups, you know, we're we're doing different types of ministry. But listen, this is the deal. You need to make sure when you're doing it, you're you're not being disorderly. Make sure when you're doing it, you're not being a burden to people. All right, so let me continue. I don't want to trail off. I'm just saying, hey, we we work, and we're not condemning those that that you know minister full time. Praise Jesus. We wait for the day when we get to do that, but that's not where we're at right now. But we still, I'd say we probably minister full-time and work full-time. We're busy. And juggle family. So, praise God. Verse 8, Neither do we eat any man's bread for naught, but we labored and travailed night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. He's saying, it's not that we didn't have authority. These guys have authority. He's saying, look, we just wanted to be good example. So even though they worked hard, they still walked in authority. All right, praise Jesus. Even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if you would not work, neither should you eat. But we hear that there are some which among you disorderly, working not at all, but they are busybodies. Now them that are such, we command and exhort by our Lord, that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. But you, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. 
There's that again. Be not weary in well-doing. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. You count him as an enemy and admonish him. You count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now, the Lord of peace, here's the conclusion. This is really what I want to get to right here. Now, the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. Listen. God wants his peace to be over you. And God wants to be with you. Be with you all. So let the Lord of peace himself give you peace always. By every means necessary. And the Lord be with you all. This was the salutation of Paul, verse 17. With my own hand which is the token of in every epistle, so I write, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. All right, praise God. So that was First Thessalonians, or I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians 3. And uh, glory to God. All right, look, we're going to take a small praise break, then we're going to get into our last scripture praise. We're going to be back. Glory to God.
kind of make it so abrupt on that, but wanted to get back into the word. Hey, so now we're doing Second Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12, and you're still with us, and this is Wherefore Also We Pray. Okay, Second Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. Wherefore also we pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of his faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so let's break that down. This this is a prayer to be worthy, prepared, made spiritually mature. God wants you to be worthy, and that word worthy means prepared or spiritually mature, and that's how he wants you prepared. He wants to prepare you. He wants to mature you spiritually. And you can do that by preparing in the word of God and to walk in the fullness of your destiny in God. That's what this is all about. Listen to this. We pray always for you that God would count you worthy of or prepare you for this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. He wants to fill, fill all, fulfill all his plans for you. He wants to help you. He's in you to will and to do of his good pleasure, the word says. And the work of faith with power that the name of Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God. Well, praise the Lord. Well, so his prayer is that Jesus would be glorified in you. Jesus would be glorified in you. And you would be glorified in Jesus. And it's all according to his grace. So let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just bless everyone tonight. Father, we pray your will be done in your kingdom come in their lives. Lord, we pray, Father God, that, Lord, you would cause them to be spiritually mature and walk in the fullness of their destiny in God. That, Father, your word would increase its influence in their lives and you would release your power on it, Father and that you would bring these people to maturity, and you'd bring me to maturity, you'd bring Sean to maturity, all of us, your whole body, to maturity, especially, Lord, in the place of love and holiness, Lord, help us. Father, we give you all the praise and the glory and honor. We know it's all according to your grace and your mercy. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. This is Prayer International Radio. We'll be back tomorrow night. We praise you guys for just uh, being with us. You know, the Bible says to praise and give glory where honor is due. And we praise you because we know you're praising Jesus. And we just give all the glory and honor and praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll see you tomorrow night. Prayer International Radio.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.